0: Welcome to Theme Park Shuffle. We retheme, reimagine, redesign your favorite parks, attractions, hotels, restaurants, you name it. So today I am joined by co-host Jeremy Stein. What's this is Logan up? Zawaki here, and something unique is happening with this episode. So what makes this particular episode of Theme Park Shuffle special? is that we're not shuffling topics this week. Oh no, we are shuffling the hosts. So David, our partner in crime is super busy right now studying for his paramedic school final and we could not be happier for him. Um, Even though he couldn't participate in this month's challenge, he is still with us in spirit. And I think our special guest, We'll be bringing that same kind of out of the box conceptualization that we've come to expect from David. So the, the challenge this week was to retheme universal studios, classic monsters cafe using any universal studios IP with one exception. We couldn't use despicable me or the minions too obvious. So before we bring on our special guest, this is exciting because Jeremy has no idea who this <laughs> is. So here's a little a little brief introduction on our special guest. So he is an animator, illustrator, and educator, currently works as a graphic designer for HD Supply by day and a freelance animator and illustrator by night. Some of his research. Project consists of illustrating the children's book Aurora and the Lost Chip, creating album covers for the Chicago band Black Bolts, and working on animations for a yet to be released documentary film. Without further ado, let me proudly introduce you to our guest host this week.
1: Yes,
0: there he is, Mr. Brian Oakley. Welcome to the theme. Park Shuffle.
2: Hi. I,
1: I love it. I just saw Yeah. As soon as I saw your name pop up, I'm like, oh, sweet. This is going to be fun.
0: <laughs> I hope so. I'm sure. So, Brian, I just did a, a brief introduction of you, but another introduction that I haven't made that I wanted to, to point out was the fact that, well, two things, actually. One, me and Brian go way back. So back to at least either 2010 or 11 at the Art Institute of Jacksonville. Mm-hmm um where i was starting there as an adjunct and brian was already a well-established professor of animation (laughs) and also many people who are part of the mainstream magic and the early theme park shuffle episodes might recognize brian's name because he was the winner for the creative concept on our magic kingdom bars contest yes yes this is awesome fun project
1: oh yeah and you knocked it out of the park so i'm super excited to see what you came up with here because we haven't done food oh, in a while like anything restaurant or food related which of course is my favorite so i'm super excited to hear what uh yeah everybody's got to offer this is gonna be awesome
2: well i'm sure you're gonna kill it as always
1: <laughs> yes yes all right so you're gonna you're gonna episode shuffle episode. order right logan
0: Yeah. Yeah. And also uh, another thing I want to point out is that this episode is full of surprises for our listeners and our hosts, because Brian and I know what IP Jeremy is using. Yes. I know (laughs) the IP Brian is using, but Jeremy doesn't. And neither one of you know what IP I'm using for my read Oh boy. This is just, this is going to be fun. This is Uh, awesome. So yeah. Shall we uh, shuffle the cards to find out let's who presents it. first?
1: Let's do it. Yeah.
0: Right. Go um, for it.
1: I've got my fingers yeah. crossed that shuffle, I get to go shuffle, first. Shuffle. because.
0: So just a reminder, Jeremy, you are the ace. I am the joker. And this time, Brian is the king. Yes, he is. So let's see. Going <laughs> first will be Jeremy. There we go. Ace. All right. Congrats. Congrats. Going second <laughs> will be brian awesome and going last is me all right Uh, um now for those who have no idea what universal studios classic monsters cafe is let me give just a very brief summary so originally opening as the studio stars commissary full service restaurant in 1990 The Universal Studios Classic Monsters Cafe was transformed in 1998 to a casual quick service restaurant themed around Universal's classic monsters such as The Mummy, Dracula, Frankenstein's Monster, Bride of Frankenstein, Phantom of the Opera, The Creature from the Black Lagoon, The Wolfman, various 1950s aliens and giant tarantulas. The menu consisted of mouth-watering barbecue, and the immersive theming was inspired by each of the Monster's homelands. The central hub was themed around Dr. Frankenstein's laboratory and featured the main ordering and serving area. In addition to barbecue, Monster's Cafe provided vegan menu items using jackfruit as a substitute for pulled pork. The restaurant was closed in May 2022 to, quote, make way for a new dining experience, end quote. So with the closure of the neighboring Shrek 40 theater and the proximity to the Despicable Me Minion Mayhem attraction, several rumors suggest that Minions will be taking over the Shrek 40 building as well as the Monsters Cafe restaurant to create a small Minions land inside Universal Studios Florida. Universal is certainly adding to these rumors by posting cutouts of the Minions along the construction walls outside these recently closed areas. In addition, in 2021, a Minion Cafe opened at Universal Studios Hollywood with a in my opinion, very uninspiring menu (laughs) and an entire minion land opened at Universal Studios Beijing featuring the lair villain restaurant themed around the different villains from the Despicable Me franchise. So the Monsters Cafe was located inside the production central land at the front of the park and other neighboring attractions include the Hollywood Rip Ride Rocket, race through new york starring jimmy fallon and then on the back side is transformers the ride 3d so with all that in mind jeremy the ace yes kick us off man
1: yeah so i'll start off by saying i've never i had never been inside of the monsters cafe um what i had actually never, never entered have never eaten there nothing same, same with brian
0: you've yeah, i guess i, I think did. you've been in logan I had, yeah, okay. yeah. I went in, but I went in um, before they did the whole um, barbecue okay. retheme. So I went when it was just sort of the the old menu, very, very uninspiring, unexciting. Uh, yeah, even the scenic couldn't save it. So mm-hmm. I had, I was really excited when they actually did the the food re because the barbecue there got really good
1: oh good yeah i i'm really disappointed that we never went in i think it was one of those where i just figured it'd always be there next time um, because, again, <laughs> you know, Kalen, my 14-year-old, is a huge like horror and Monsters fan And I bet she would have absolutely loved it So I hate that I missed the boat on that But I did look it up and look at some pictures and YouTube videos And I'm going to actually almost throw it back a little bit to what you said That it originally started as the commissary Because I'm going to turn Monsters Cafe into the Nest Hess quarter, uh, Headquarters mess hall um, From Transformers so this is backed up right there. Uh, I believe it's actually connected to the huge transformer show building. Um, so yep. this can easily integrate. Um, and so we're going to turn it into the mess hall. And, and I was thinking mess hall in the sense of the way that Satali Canteen is done over at Animal Kingdom. And that same type of storytelling where, you know, that's kind of their old cafeteria over there um, from Ace and, you know, all, everybody that was exploring Pandora and everything. So. One of the things I think I want to do is there's the Bumblebee meet-and-greet that's right down there, right outside of Transformers, the ride 3D. Uh, We're going to move him instead out to the entrance now of the Nest Headquarters mess hall. Um, And he is going to be the one that's going to greet you as you come inside. Um, As you originally walked in into that main area that you were talking about, there's all these pillars that line all around and what i want to almost turn this into is kind of like a history and uh i guess ode to autobots um so these pillars now will all feature you know optimus prime and bumblebee sideswipe Ironhide, a lot of the ones that are featured inside the ride and the idea is that you're a new recruit um you're coming into the mess hall you're kind of getting ready for training and all and this will eventually lead you to Ride right next door. So you'll kind of extend the storyline from the ride into an actual restaurant. Um, Throughout, I almost want to take this like think Planet Hollywood or Hard Rock Cafe, but for Transformers as far as you have, uh, you know, models or obviously they can't be life size, but of all the different Autobots throughout the years that are surrounding all the area and there's a history of the Autobots and there's placards and it tells this story as you go through so that you can actually spend some time in here almost like one of my favorite things about planet hollywood and hard rock is like getting up and just walking around and looking at everything um so i want to tell a story of kind of the transformers the autobots how they came down to earth all of that of course we're gonna have a lot of tech all around including screens that'll show previous missions which would probably just include clips from the movies Um, Like news sites have these kind of dedicated where it looks like there's a, you know, CNN or something playing because, you know, the Decepticons have invaded. And so you're kind of watching all these things that had happened in the past throughout the series of movies that we have. Um, And then in addition, each of the tables and areas will have glass dividers that will act as double sided screens. And then that's going to show current missions, kind of what's happening in a sense next door a little bit, uh, locations of where the Autobots currently are, and it'll create kind of these storylines that you're watching unfold as you're getting ready to dine. So because this is you know, very high tech and Transformers, I think, and I don't want to replace a bunch of team members, but we can do some digital touchscreens, uh, kind of kiosks that you place your orders at as you get up there. And it's going to assign you a dining area Uh, The different dining areas will be themed to Autobots in general. Some of them will look like maybe nest offices, uh, workspaces, maybe like a garage is one of the rooms that you can kind of go down and sit in, and it's going to assign you specifically to a table that you go and sit at. Now, when your order's ready, of course, they're going to be brought to your table by animatronic appliance bots. Uh, These were brought to life when they encountered a fragment of the AllSpark uh, way back in, what, Sam Witwicky's house Um, and so you two are the geniuses as far as that goes, so you can figure out how those work whatsoever, but it would be cool to have, again, you have these, you know, appliance bots that one was uh, an oven or a fridge or, you know, a blender or, or whatever else there is a dishwasher. And they're going to actually be able to bring out your meal to your table. Um, One thing I thought would be neat to kind of continue the story and make this part of what's happening next door on the ride is that uh, during the day of your visit to the quick service restaurant here, um, your receipt for each entree that you order will act as an express pass so that you can then go and ride Transformers the Ride 3D. You know, if you got a family of four, got your four entrees, uh, or maybe it's just your whole party, you're able to then go. So it's almost like all right, you've 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 gone and you've been in the mess hall. Um, you know, alert kind of goes off and they're letting you know that as soon as you are done your meal, you need to go next door to go on this mission. And then you get to go and ride this ride, which I personally think is incredibly underrated. Um, I, I had the girls on recently for an episode all about uh, Universal and we did a bracket challenge. And as much as Amazing Spider-Man is an incredible ride and it really like broke boundaries and Logan and I got to sit on in that amazing panel in IAPA and learn so much about it and what they did. I, I mean, I think Transformers, the ride is almost equally as good. I We absolutely all love it and I just don't think it gets enough love. So I like the idea of putting together kind of this whole story um, because I love food. I love cooking. That's kind of my theming. I want to get into a little bit of menu and have a little bit of fun with that. So... Things that we'll look at being on the menu will be things like the Bumblebee Tuna Salad Sandwich. We will have Optimus Prime Rib Sliders. The Italian Grinder Sub. We have Bone Crusher Baby Back Ribs. Uh, A Decepticon Impossible Burger, which actually I was discussing this in Universal, and our friend Allie was like, well, it's deceptive that it's not actually meat. So how about Decepticon? And I was like, that's awesome. So had to give a shout out to her. Um, There's going to be a Megatron mac and cheese burger and this is going to be a challenge so it's going to be a one pound burger you're going to have your sides it's going to be covered in mac and cheese and all kinds of toppings Uh, you have to finish it within a certain amount of time and if you do that you and your party are then escorted to front of line access to get on the ride Um, maybe at any time you want because I don't know if you ate all that you're going to want to immediately go ride this ride so maybe like later in the day or something I don't know you could come back Sides, of course, you can get frieds, fries, but you can also get Devastator Tots as a side. Um, you can get, as maybe a quick little snack, these will be packaged to go, and I'm kind of stealing this from um, Ronto Roasters over in Galaxy's Edge, but you can get Ironhide Beef Jerky. And then finally, if you got a sweet tooth, you can get your Decepticon Fetti Cake. So that kind of rounds out your meal and your menus, and just, again, just fun play on all these... You know, different awesome uh, Autobots and Decepticons. And then finally, if you would like a beverage, uh, you can get an AllSpark Lemonade. You can get this with or without vodka. And this is going to include on the side, it's going to be a glowing neon uh, blue AllSpark like ice cube. And we have tons of these from from Disney in in the normal sense. But when you drop it in your drink, it is going to react in two different ways. One, it will either glow red or it will glow purple. So you now are basically choosing the side of whether you are an Autobot or a Decepticon. So that was kind of my idea of of changing this over and hopefully implementing it right into the ride. Uh, I'd love to see Transformers get more love down there. I mean, I'm all for, you know, this mini Minions land. I think Minions Mayhem is fun. I mean, I think that whole franchise is a lot of fun and and very, very funny. And there's a lot of things they can do with it. But let's give some more love to, to Transformers. And let's make some awesome food while we're at it with, you know, some punny names, I guess you could call them. So that's that's what I got for you guys today.
0: Yeah, I mean, that that was pretty solid, Jeremy. (laughs) I mean, and the puns, I think the puns were my favorite part. I do love uh, all the rewards you're giving for eating yeah (laughs) it's almost like man i don't want to wait in an hour and a half line i'm just going to go spend it's basically the equivalent of you know the the genie lightning lane except you get food out of it you're like i'm just going to go spend 15 20 bucks on this uh you know this grinder and uh, get my pass just so i can skip the line for sure
1: yeah. And, and, and again, if there was a way to tell the story, I mean, you know, my initial thought was like, well, there's going to be moments where these alarms go off. But I'm like, but you can't interrupt in the middle of somebody's meal. So, you know, it could almost be something where maybe it's a hybrid of a, a full service and a quick service restaurant where maybe it's based on the room where, you know, it, it's able to um, because, again, if we're assigning tables, you could technically filter people into designated areas where maybe, you know, that. All these people have started a meal at the same time um, and you're able to maybe kind of end their meal at the same time. It would certainly take a lot of planning or, you know, again, maybe this becomes the first quick service that technically takes reservations. And it becomes a little bit more of like a show where, you know, that you're going into dine and you're going to have a set period of time to eat. But then it ends with you finishing and you go immediately into the mission. Um, Again, my only concern would be, you don't you don't want to eat probably a you know, Optimus prime rib sliders and then immediately get on a, a motion
0: ride. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, we'll see about that. that ride that. will definitely give you some motion sickness. It, yeah,
1: it it may. And that's my, that's the one that I want to figure out, like actually just making on my own at home is Optimus prime rib sliders. Cause that sounds good.
2: <laughs> yeah. All the food sounds amazing. And I think when you started, that was my original, Concern. I was like, man, I don't know if I want to get on that after eating.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> I don't usually get motion sick, but I know it seems like that's a hot button issue as of late
1: oh, for with people sure. on rides. So for sure, yeah. We we saw when we just rode Cosmic Rewind last weekend. Sure enough, they doubled those trash cans right at the ride exit. Yeah. So we've been lucky. We've we've ridden seven times and not seen anything we didn't want to see. So we're very thankful for that. And none of us have experienced it so that part's good
0: yeah for sure (laughs) yeah and I think your 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 choice of theming for taking what was you know the originally the commissary and making it a mess hall and tying it in with nests and transformers it really is a wonderful complement to the transformers attraction which is so random Uh, just plopped in the middle of the park with really nothing else anchoring it no other attachment whatsoever So adding that really would give it a a whole sense of of place and purpose in that land. So I really like that addition.
1: Yeah, I mean, and, and that's the thing is that, you know, I mean, obviously Islands of Adventure is very well broken up to lands. And Universal Studios side is just kind of all over the place. I mean, obviously you got Wizarding World and Diagon Alley and you've got The Simpsons land. But then like in between them is Men in Black. And a defunct Fear Factor stage. And then, you know, you kind of come around and I think it would be neat to have more lands. And that's what apparently I think the Minions will do. But even if you still had the Shrek 4D and you had Minions Mayhem across the street and then you had this little Transformers section, you come around to Fallon and kind of New York and all of that. Um, the Mummy Returns actually fits into all of that kind of store. I guess, technically with the museum and stuff, fits into that kind of land. But it'd be neat yeah. to create these other pockets. Um, and of course, that's what they're looking to do with Epic Universe. So, um, yeah, I think it, it would be neat to kind of anchor that ride, which is very, very underrated with something else to go along with it. And then there's even that drink station, that standalone drink station that is still themed kind of as, after Monsters um right there outside that you could then re-theme if you needed to and include it within the transformers or just toss it over to something to do with fallon or i don't know what but i think you could kind of create this small little additional mini land um so that would be
0: pretty cool sweet well kudos ryan oh i'm excited Uh, okay (laughs) so um minions
2: is great uh i think uh you know, adding more of that to the park is definitely great for the kids. Um, I love uh, classic movie monsters and horror movies, things like that as well. So I wanted to kind of stick with that kind of fantasy element there. So I did some digging, and I thought this was under uh, Universal Pictures, which I found out it is, which is awesome. So the movie I chose, which has no representation at that park at all, is Coraline. So oh, wow. I um, wanted to take that uh, Monsters Cafe, retheme it to something uh, Coraline-themed. So when thinking about it, I was watching a movie, and I... <laughs> Uh, on a trip up to Atlanta was listening to the book on tape just to kind of compare and contrast those things. So the main thing with the movie uh, is the Pink Palace apartments, right? So all of the characters in that movie live in this giant house that's been converted into individual um, kind of apartments, right? So I thought that would fit really well with the original kind of layout and uh, functionality of Monsters Cafe, because like I said, I hadn't been there. So I did a, some YouTube videos um, and research there and saw that the they had different rooms uh, themed to the different monsters. So I wanted to follow suit and have the Pink Palace uh, be themed based on the different characters. So the main characters we have, if you haven't seen Coraline, are Coraline Jones, uh, Y.B., um, Coraline's mother and father, and also her other mother and other father, Miss um, uh, Spink and Miss Forcible, the downstairs neighbors that live in the basement, and Mr. Babinski, who lives in the attic with his jumping mouse circus, right? So the idea I had, and I think this would work well as a ride to, or to tie in a ride somewhere into the park, but taking the facade of the Pink Palace and kind of extending that outside of Monsters Cafe, So once you enter into the location, the main area or hub where the queue is for the um, getting your food would be rethemed to the other mother's kitchen. So uh, one of the interesting things about the movie that I like was Coraline's normal everyday world was really boring, kind of plain. She wanted more adventure. Uh, in this world so the other mother created this really beautiful you know high energy colorful world to kind of suck her in and eventually to try to steal her eyes spoiler alert if you haven't seen the movie (laughs) so the cafe in this particular instance is going to be the other mother or the other world uh theme uh from Coraline all right so like we said similar to the original cafe um at I think it was divided into like three different areas on each side, if I'm not mistaken. So on the right-hand side, I had it themed to the other mother's living room, uh, followed by uh, Miss Spink and Miss Forcible's theater room. And then lastly, uh, Babinski's attic. On the left-hand side, you will enter into Coraline's bedroom. Uh, The second room is going to be the other father's study. And then the last room is going to be Coraline's garden. So uh, we'll go back to the main hub, right? So other mother's dining room, kind of a, you know, classic kitchen. Um, The way I was envisioning it is to kind of build up kind of that place where you get all your food into two separate versions of other mother's kitchen. So you can pick up all your different uh, food items. And then there was like a concession um, drink area, which is themed more towards the other mother's dining room. And I thought that was really interesting because uh, when you watch the movie, when they're having dinner, I think it might have been the second time uh, in this other world. Um, the other mother was you know, trying to get Coraline really excited. She was like, would you like a mango milkshake? And there's a giant chandelier with different milkshakes that pops down. So I wanted to have that anchored into the drink area so you can dispense different drinks that way through this, like, ornate chandelier fountain. So I thought that was really fun. So that would have a lot of different, like, mixed uh, fruit smoothies and drinks to be dispensed there. So the other mother's kitchen, where you get all your food and things like that, will be warm and inviting. you know, yellows, blues. You have the suspended flowers kind of drying over the sink area, so it feels very homey, very welcoming. The drink stand and where you kind of get your condiments and things like that will be a little bit more dark in tone. Uh, Woods, things like that with the chandelier uh, drink dispenser. So that's where kind of all of that action will take place. And I guess we'll jump to the actual foods. So I know (laughs) you're such a foodie. I'm not, but I do think about it a lot. And I was thinking about how could I incorporate some of the foods that were shown in the film and in the book into this. So I came up with a few different things. So the main meal that they feed Coraline is roasted chicken, fresh green peas, mashed potatoes and corn. So I named that the other mother's dinner. So that's her thing. Um, Coraline's father was a notoriously bad cook. So the other father's dish is potato and leek soup with a ham and Gouda grilled cheese. The Coraline Jones, she's really simple. Again, she didn't like her father's food. So in the book, she would go and make herself a frozen pizza and French fries. So Coraline Jones is just a pepperoni pizza with fries or zucchini fries for a slightly healthier bent. Um, YB again, a character that was added to the movie. Um, his is called the Wyborn, born short for why were you born? So his is a bacon cheeseburger with again, fries or zucchini fries uh, for Mr. Babinski. He has the jumping mouse circus. So in the movie, he had a lot of cheese samples that he ordered. So, and also was trying to convince Coraline to eat some beets. So I thought, why not do like the charcuterie with assorted cheeses, meats, and it's kind of anchored with a beet hummus. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, haven't tried it. Seems like it would be interesting, but I love the color of it. Um, for the theater ladies, Spank and Forcible, They have a lot of really fun little movie posters in their uh, apartment. So one of the ones that was a really fun gag is called Julius sees her. So there's a Julius sees her salad. Classic uh, chicken Caesar, grilled chicken Caesar. Uh, For some tasty treats, uh, you have the Slugzilla shake, which is kind of a YB creation. So it's a key lime milkshake with layer of graham crackers. And then... um, Towards the end of the film, when Coraline is challenging the other mother to a competition, she's sitting in her living room with her uh, imported chocolate or cocoa beetles from Zanzibar. So there's a chocolate beetle cake, which consists of fresh imported chocolate beetles from Zanzibar, served alongside a salted caramel lava cake. So that's kind of what I was thinking of in regards to... Um, are dishes there um, that you could get at the Pink Palace Cafe. All right. So as far as the theming, right, so we'll go to Coraline's room. Pretty simple, um, straight up uh, child's bedroom, but I wanted it to be very interactive. So within the room, you have your tables, chairs, things like that, but you also have series of bookshelves, Um, that have different toys and figures that animate and chat with you while you're eating your dinner. Uh, There's a really big, nice picture bay window in Coraline's room. So I wanted to have that interactive area in the room as well so you can see what's going on outside. And then you have the cat that kind of weaves in and out of the real world and this other world so you can see the cat kind of moving through the different rooms uh, throughout the restaurant. So also if you look at Coraline's bedroom, there's like a um, uh, a giant um, planetary uh, system. So you have that kind of anchoring or centering that Coraline's bedroom. So you have the planets and the sun kind of glowing, moving around um, just to kind of tie everything together. And also just having small little picture frames around with her pals um, from her previous town with their little button eyes and they're talking to you and interacting with you while you're having your lunch, dinner, things like that. All right, so then we move on to the other father's study, which is connected right to Coraline's bedroom. So again, this features a lot of musical uh, items. So you have like our old record player, piano, um, upright bass, so you have stacks of books, records, um, kind of littering the space, and then I wanted to have kind of each room have like a main anchor point. So for this one, you would have the other father's piano kind of protruding out from the wall with a screen. So you can see him actually playing at the piano, the helping hands come out, help him play as you're having dinner. And he can serenade you with the Coraline theme song that he has. And he sings to her in the film as well. Um, So, yeah. That room also has like a bay window area. So similar to Coraline's bedroom, you have the interactive windows. So you can see what's going on. You can see the garden from that room because he does have a door that leads out to Coraline's garden from there. So again, you can see the cat um, and the different plant life out there outside of his windows. All right. And then from there, we're going to walk out into Coraline's garden, the most uh, fanciful element kind of created to lure her in. So the idea of this room, again, is to have these kind of bioluminescent plants and animals, sounds, things like that, to kind of set the mood. It's very dark, but also very, um, you know, bright with those little hints of light and color popping from the plants. So the big kind of um, anchor element in this room would be kind of a water feature where you have the giant pumpkins and the bridge that leads over into the giant field of purple flowers. So you can see the other father on his giant praying mantis tractor, kind of walking about planting plants and growing elaborate things. So that's kind of the idea for that side of the um, restaurant. So then we go back to the right-hand side and we start with the other mother's living room. So again, similar to the garden, all of the furniture here is kind of bioluminescent, so it glows, hums, but everything is giant, oversized bug furniture and tables. Right, So again, you have this really nice, elaborate kind of uh, bug-inspired wallpaper. Purple, similar to the Haunted Mansion wallpaper for the Haunted Mansion vans, but again, has a purple, eerie glow, um, making it a little unsettling, But again, you know, the other mother's doing whatever she can to entice you to stay and put buttons into your eyes. So the main centerpiece in this room is going to be like a recessed um, dome light, which has some elaborate kind of decorative elements painted into it. And then it has like this plant, almost like a fly trap feature with long tendrils that kind of reach down and also help to illuminate that space. So I think this would be a really cool room for um, the restaurant. So I would like to eat in this room. So I'm also kind of thinking about, you know, the vibe that you get when you go to be our guest. So how all of those rooms are very themed. I want it to be kind of a activity like that. to so have that really nice, you're inside of the film and inside of these worlds. The theater room is a little tricky, um, but the idea here, again, the major set piece here would be like a, mini stage where you can have an interactive screen where you see miss spink and miss forcible performing (laughs) some of their shakespeare and some of their giant circus acts and then when those acts are not in in action you have the mini scotty terriers that they have running about the restaurant through shadows projections you can hear them barking you know behind the scenes I would like to have a few little animatronic um, Scotties there because I think that would be really cute and fun. Um, but again, this one, pretty standard theater. You know, the red velvet kind of curtains, the gold inlaid, um, boxes, theater boxes, framing, details like that. Um, so that is the theater room. And then last but not least, we go to the attic for Mr. Babinski. Uh, so this one... Again, is really interesting because it's kind of exposed brick, um, exposed wood and beams, things like that. So you have a lot of really nice, uh, warm circus lights, or uh, bulbs kind of peppering the room. You see some uh, circus tent flags um, kind of hanging around about the tables and chairs will all be circus themed. So kind of red and yellow, that pattern, that kind of color. And then you have a little bitty circus tent, which is going to be the anchor of this room, where you can see the exterior. That circus tent opens up to reveal the jumping mouse circus. So you have some interactive mice kind of playing around, performing while you're having your lunch or dinner as well. So I think that is all I have for that. I think it would also be really kind of cool to have a character meet and greet. So you can have Coraline, Yv. (laughs) <laughs> Maybe at Halloween Horror Nights The other mother in her <laughs> scary form Come out and hang out with everybody But I want it to be An experience And then hopefully that would lead into Creation of a ride Which I think would be awesome Wow
1: Man, I, and It was so it was so perfect Because Logan introduced you as like a good fill in for David Of being out of the box And you, you delivered on out of the box With the IP And all of that and I I love that because this is something that, um, like, and, and I take notes this whole time while you're talking. And first of all, again, my daughter, Kaylin, big Coraline fan loves that whole style, you know, like it's that, that Tim Burtonist mm-hmm. type of everything. And yeah. you took something that I think anyone listening that has not seen Coraline would still be like, okay, I want to go see this, or, you know, or immediately go out and watch Coraline. Like right you know and and i think that's just so incredible you're able to paint such a picture through it all um i absolutely love the way that you took the rooms as i was writing be our guest you were saying i'm thinking like be our guest where i've got these different rooms and i love the Mm -hmm. idea of even being able to like choose your room you know where Mm -hmm. you think all right here's where i want to dine today and the repeatability is unbelievable you've got all these different areas now that somebody that dines one time you know first of all the food is going to be different you know if they want to select something each time they go but they can also select a completely different room to dine in with a completely different experience and what i struggled most with my idea was figuring out what to do with each of those rooms and you absolutely killed it man like that was that was awesome that that like and, and you know It it makes one of course it makes sense that both Disney Universal, they're gonna think what are our you know box office IPs? What Mm -hmm. is most popular? What do people like the most? What are the ones that stand the test of time? And I understand them wanting to create attractions and restaurants and whatever off of those. Obviously it makes sense. You're gonna take frozen, you know, to Norway. Mm -hmm. But if (laughs) they were able to say, you know what? We're not worried about what's the most successful IP. Let's take one that will create one of the best experiences. And, dude, Brian, that's what you just did there, I think. Like, totally. That was awesome. And and the food. Don't say you're not a foodie and then bring incredible (laughs) food ideas because you killed it on the food. I would eat all that stuff. I love it.
2: (laughs) That that was like the last thing I did, though. I was like (laughs) too focused with all the other rooms. Yeah. And then I was like. Oh, Jeremy's gonna have all these awesome <laughs> foods, so I need to like do my research. And it's actually funny because I did like a whole PowerPoint slideshow with all of the like reference images yes. and food images so I could like see everything together. Um but yeah, I think it was one well when Logan told me the idea, I was like, Oh, well, it's gonna either be Coraline, Fox Trolls, or Paranorman. Ooh, and I was like, Well, yeah. I think Coraline would fit the best just with the amount of characters and kind of you know re-theming and again it was one of their first um you know features there uh for laika and i think it's a beautifully done film yeah and um you know translating that film from the book you know was a really cool feat so i would like to see that world and i love Coraline. and you don't see a lot of um merch per se.
1: Yeah.
2: Um and that kind of goes to like you were saying with Disney and Universal, you know, they try to find properties that merchandising opportunities. And I have several, you know, uh, Coraline figures and Funko Pops, so I think there is an opportunity for merchandising, although it's not going to do anything near like the Minions would. But again, I think experiences are kind of the the heart of that at least for me. So this is something that I think I think could be really kind of cool depending on how it was executed. And then like you said the uh repeatability, right?
1: Yeah. So that's big time and and next we're going to want to have you create a dark ride based
0: after Coraline cuz that would be absolutely incredible. Definitely. And it would well, that well,
1: movie is so creepy.
0: I love it. And I think it's yeah. also one of the things I want that, to that I want Brian to expand upon is the fact that Coraline is a stop motion animation and can you just sort of for our our listeners, tell us a little bit about your history with stop motion animation.
2: <laughs> so, yes, I, I was just like going through everything. So, yeah, stop motion. Again, most people I'm sure you know what it is. But again, building puppet sets, animating them frame by frame. So uh, in college, I think towards the end of my junior year, I was in a stop motion class, fell in love with the process. Obviously, big Nightmare Before Christmas fan, so I was already a fan of it, but I loved the process and kind of fell in love with that. So I started kind of pushing myself into doing more of that, Um, I think back in 2006. uh, I went out to California and I interned on Moral Oral for Adult Swim. So building puppets for that show um, for a couple months. So that was a really fun and awesome experience. So whenever I get an opportunity, whether it's just freelance or kind of doing my own personal stuff, I like to do stop motion. Um, I'm a very hands-on tactile kind of person. And I think that's what really draws me to a lot of these, you know, theme parks, you know, seeing the world, how everything's designed, how everything's laid out. Um, you know, those small little intricate details that most people might tend to overlook, that's, those are the things I look for. So I thought that Leica did a wonderful job bringing this movie to life, and I would like to see it, you know, in the real world. So yeah, stop motion is great. I love it. It's a <laughs> labor of love. It's a very tedious process.
1: That's awesome. And,
2: you know, um, for those of you who've seen the most recent Bumblebee movie, um, Travis Knight, Who's kind of the head guy over at Leica directed that movie. And um, he's a great animator, worked on most of these Leica films as well.
0: Wow. Yeah. So not only is Brian super talented at designing restaurants, but he is also crazy talented in stop motion animation. That's incredible. Just a wealth of knowledge. And when he told me, the IP he was going to use, I was like, "Oh well, that's that's no surprise whatsoever." <laughs> it was a surprise to me that it was Universal. I had no idea that that was a Universal IP. Yeah, but that he picked a stop motion animation to bring to life in the form of a a themed immersive restaurant. I was like, "That is brilliant," and I loved how you were able to choose a property that already had such a perfect layout. Yeah to go along with this this design, the actual design of the the restaurant itself already, the existing one, and how you're able to take that and build upon it. And I even love how there's a giant tarantulas in um, classic <laughs> Monsters Cafe, and here you've got these giant bugs in yours. Yeah. It's just all tied together so well. So super job, Brian. That was killer, man. Really, Thank you guys. really good, really well thought out. That was fun.
1: Logan, bat and clean up again. There you <laughs> and go. And by that's chance, right. it wasn't even our selection this time. That was literally by chance. I know, that right? It shows that the How random. Yeah, the card gods um, are forever in your favor. Dang, well, you guys,
0: <laughs> you guys killed it. Those were both really good. That was fun. I had to follow that. Yikes. Uh, so for mine, I was racking my brain, just trying to think of what kind of IP would work for the property, for the area. What is something that could be a nice compliment to a Minions section, which is clearly going to happen. And I honestly looked to Universal Hollywood for inspiration. So classic Monsters Cafe is going to be rethemed as the Secret Life of Pets Canine Kitchen. Yes. So the exterior facade is redesigned to look like the New York apartment building where most of the main characters reside. So the, this retheme would allow the quick service restaurant to stay in production central or become a part of the neighboring New York section. Instead of the electric chair photo op outside the entrance doors, guests can share a bench seat with static sculptures of the white tiger cub who And the Shih Tzu dog, Daisy, from Secret Life of Pets 2. So as soon as guests enter the apartment building, they can see that the pets are running the show. There are animatronic and CG media versions of the iconic pets spread all over the central lobby. In the main hub, where the ordering and serving stations are located, this is where you're going to find Max and Duke. They explain how all their owners are away on vacation for a couple days, so they're throwing a huge party to celebrate. In honor of this occasion, they've invited you to come inside and enjoy a selection of food items inspired by all the pets' favorite dishes. After you've purchased your pet food, you can go to the left into dining areas themed like Max and Duke's apartments and featuring animatronic versions of Gidget and Chloe inside. If you go to the right, you enter into Snowball's apartment where you'll find animatronic versions of Captain Snowball and Daisy. Or you can take the stairs to the next floor where you'll find Buddy's apartment and Mel's apartment which feature animatronic versions of Buddy and Pops as well as animatronics of Mel and Leonard So each dining area slash apartment has a unique aesthetic based on the different owner styles. But my favorite part are the digital monitors that act as windows looking out of the apartment building and providing fun opportunities to introduce a wide range of pets from the multiple movies. As in the movies, they're always traveling to each other's apartment buildings up and down through the stairwell. And another one of my favorite parts is Norman the guinea pig can be seen endlessly trying to find his apartment building no matter which dining area you choose. So with this re-theme, what's nice about it, if I was working for Universal, is I could literally look at the attraction, the dark ride off the leash, and say, okay, I already have that animatronic, that animatronic, that animatronic, that animatronic. I've got it all. All I've got to do now is just take them out of those locations, put them in these new locations inside the apartments. They already have quite a bit of the apartments also laid out because you actually walk through Max and Duke's apartment in the attraction as part of the queue experience. So there's all these elements that you can go ahead and reuse but in a new way, in a totally new fashion, in a way that's now gonna be used as a dining area instead of just a walkthrough immersive queue on your way to board a dark ride. So that's the really fun part about it is thinking about how can we take these properties and all these essentially mechs that we've already got made, all these schematic designs and detailed designs that are already approved and ready to go and repurpose them in this new way. So that was kind of the the challenge here now with the menu because the food is based on the pet's favorite dishes it is only fitting that every meal gets served in a doggy bowl or out of a can so some of the entrees you will find are max meatloaf surprise a dog bowl full of meatloaf and covered in baked ketchup so you gotta actually break through the ketchup to find the meat below and who knows what kind of surprise veggies are in it that day next you have duke's wiener kingdom sampler so here you have a large tin can filled with different sausages including the foot-long mare frank and the teeny weeny timmy sausage Then you have Chloe's Dream Kitchen, which is a cat bowl featuring half of a Peruvian roasted chicken served over roasted potatoes with garlic and onions. Then we have Mel's Melted Mountain of a burger. So it's a dog bowl with an open faced burger placed in the middle and then hot baked cheese poured on top to create the shape of a mountain. Then the top bun rests on top of the peak. Next, Bruno's breakfast burrito. Since he is a dachshund, it's the perfect shape. So you have a massive burrito full of eggs, chorizo, bacon, beans, rice, a mixture of different cheeses, and topped off with a row of avocado slices. Next, the Flushed Pets Chili Challenge. So this is served in a large tin can full of the chunkiest sloppiest veggiest chili available in two different heat levels you have domestic pets and flushed pets which is the blazing hot version and if you haven't seen the movie the flush pets are essentially the ones who live out in the streets the animals who have been discarded and abandoned by their owners so these are the, 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 the toughest of tough. So some of the, dirts are d- dirts, the desserts that are available are the Captain Snowball, which is a giant waffle cone topped with two scoops of ice cream that are designed with edible details to look like Snowball's alter ego, Captain Snowball. You have Pops Pupsicles. These are Popsicles in the shape of different puppies adorable. Gotta love that. You have Gidget's pile of puff balls. Since she's a cute little Pomeranian, you have these cute and tasty puff balls piled high with a pink bow on top. Lastly, we have a couple of themed milkshakes. You've got the Norman, which is a chocolate, vanilla, and peanut butter milkshake that matches the look of the guinea pig. The sweet pea, which is a layered milkshake matching the look of the parakeet with a green matcha bottom and a yellow banana top. And lastly, the Leonard, a pineapple jalapeno milkshake Mm. that is deceptively heavy metal to the taste, but innocent looking on the outside, just like the male poodle. So that is all I've got this week.
1: I love it. Yeah. As soon as you started talking about Universal Studios Hollywood, I was like, oh, that is such a wonderful idea, because I would love to see that IP brought here in general. Um, It's weird because those are the movies that I I don't I don't love them, but I love the characters and I (laughs) like I love everything about them, but I don't like absolutely just love the movies. But I love the stories and the characters and everything like that. And you're bringing that over perfectly. And much like Brian did with taking, you know, each of these segmented rooms and areas and creating around them and telling this story and putting you inside the movie, I think, is incredible. And what what I love about these types of challenges and and theme park shuffle in general is that we're we're always taking a, a we're taking a normal restaurant and turning it into an attraction (laughs) and you just turn that into an attraction. And with your theme park ride brain, you even went where you're like, Hey, this is a, this is like a home run for universal because they've already created these spaces. They've already created these animatronics. Let's bring Mm -hmm. them here and create something new. And again, I mean, this sounds like a place I would want to eat at. I love the, I, I love that themed idea as weird as it sounds of eating (laughs) meatloaf out of a dog bowl
0: Uh, that was that was kind of the the whole concept was built around this idea of how can i do something creative with food yeah Mm -hmm. and then i was like oh a dog bowl because i remember back in my uh my party days uh one of the places (laughs) i went to they had a drink that you drank from a dog bowl really and so yeah yeah it was so hard to drink i mean could you imagine standing in a club holding a dog bowl with like a you know 2 foot long <laughs> straw? It just doesn't work. And no no girl's going to come up and talk to you when no, you're holding never. a dog bowl with a 2 foot straw. Never. But um the <laughs> just the idea of eating food from something that is not only photo worthy. Yeah. but it's something that you're going to tell everybody about. It's an experience just mm-hmm. eating your food and and creating meals that visually may be a little repulsive or may look like dog food where you're like, oh, I don't even want to eat this, but they're just absolutely delicious because the reality is they're human food that just is presented in a way when it's in a dog bowl that kind of gives you a little bit of the eebie-jeebies like, I don't want to eat dog food, but it's delicious. It's human food. You're going to love it.
1: Yeah. And I could even see those being souvenir driven where- You know, again, you pay the extra and you bring home this Secret Life of Pets dog bowl after your meal. And then I actually use it for my real dogs or I put it in my array of ridiculous memorabilia that is surrounding my office. So, hey,
0: if it's microwave and dishwasher safe, that's a win win.
1: Heck yeah. And that's the thing, too, is I think we're getting into a point where we all talk about these restaurants we're creating that gives that like Oga's Cantina vibe of a sense that it is not only. Uh, dining and drinks, but it's an entire experience, and I think that's what I miss uh the most out of a lot of places that'll sometimes pop up new is like let's turn these into food attractions and let that be like the next wave of theme parks um and hopefully we're getting there. I mean, I don't know what you guys have seen, but I think that would be so cool to be like uh, again like I don't go to Ogas for the drinks or the food, I go for the experience. But I'm going to go ahead yep. and eat and drink there, and I'm going to spend a lot of money. So well done. And I would do the same thing at both y'all's restaurants, that's for sure.
2: Well, I think, Logan, your your food items there, I know you were saying <laughs> the food could look like disgusting, thinking about like dog food and everything, but I think it has that comedic element to it, you know? Um, very cartoony, very kind of, you know, quirky. So I think, you know, it has a really good like you said photo op thing so you can instagram it very Instagrammable, but also just you know fanciful right yeah non-traditional way of you know building um you know a meatloaf or your can of sausages and all that stuff so it's almost like deconstructed you know meals and everything so i think that's a really cool idea and i'd like to see that too kids will love it I think
0: exactly oh, yeah I kept thinking like you know what's what's my five year old going to think is hilarious. If anything comes out and it looks like poop, he's going to think it's the funniest thing ever. So it's yeah. just like if I could pull that off, then I've won. That
1: sounds insane. You know,
0: it was fun playing with the different, uh, like studying the characters and pulling from their visual cues or their personalities to then build some form of. Um, you know, food item uh, that best relates to them. That's I always love that. That's that's so fun to do in in the same way that you guys did with your different puns and and just matching everything. And so perfectly, this was a I think this was a win, win, win.
1: Oh, for sure. So retheming Monsters Cafe aside, just for a side tangent with Shrek 4D, um, what would you guys rather see another Minions ride or a Secret Life of Pets? ride whether it mimicked the one out west or whether they created something brand new do you like the idea of this mini minions land or well if if i'm being perfectly
0: honest i thought that it was going to be the secret life of pets i I thought it was kind of a no-brainer that once they announced shrek 4d was getting closed it's like well i mean this is a no-brainer they're going to put secret life of pets it's done really well you know they spent all this time developing it i'm sure again to be more cost efficient they're going to go ahead and have two ordered, one ready to go in Orlando. Right. Um, so I'm actually, I was really, surp- well, I can't say I'm totally surprised, but I was surprised when I saw some of the permits that were re- released and leaked regarding the, what could possibly be a villain con minion attraction yeah. that is uh, coming to that particular area. I mean, I, Honestly, I think that that area, once they turn into a Minion Land, after seeing what they did in uh, Universal Beijing, it is so cool. It is so fun. My son loves the Minions. He thinks they are so hilarious. I never liked them. But now that I'm a a father and I have a five-year-old who loves them, I like them as well. And so I see uh, what is so enjoyable about them. And I do see that once they... Like once they turn Trek 40 into a minion ride that'll be unique to the park, they could honestly take the Secret Life of Pets and easily make it a minion's attraction as well. I would love the idea of in Secret Life of Pets where you see yourself as a dog. If they did that with minions where you see yourself as a minion, that's hilarious. I would love to see that. And I know my son would go nuts if he saw himself as a minion reflected in the mirror. That would be hilarious.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Talk about like those, you know, lasting moments, those transformative moments in an attraction. That would be it. Sort of like when you see the hitchhiking ghost sitting next to Mm -hmm. you. Then as far as the cafe, they could totally do something really cool with a minions cafe i hope that they would do something more creative in the same vein as what they did with toad's cafe over at super nintendo world where they went really creative with that and really true to the ip and not just being like chicken tenders and it's minion tenders or you know something really lame (laughs) like they've done so many times in the past um and rip ride rocket it's i mean it's an it's to me, it's the next in line. It's, yeah. it's It seems like it's just a logical transformation. You've already got it to where if you're turning Shrek 40 into a minion attraction, you're turning Monsters Cafe into a minion cafe right across from it. What's left of Production Central at this point is going to be your, um, oh my gosh, yeah, the uh, Rip Ride Rocket that can easily be transformed into the what is it loop de do or whatever it's called from the original oh, yeah. Indian, mm-hmm. you know or right. despicable me movie yep and make that whole the silly Funland area wow. and i mean and then hey if you want to let's just go ahead and and let's just keep going with this i say we get rid of the marvel property over at marvel superhero island so disney can do something with it in orlando already you turn that into the transformers uh uh-huh land that is over at universal beijing which is awesome and then you turn what is now transformers 3d if you wanted to you could turn that into a minion attraction or make it just something else and then just turn that that literally would make that whole production central it is now all minion land there is no production central left at that point
1: Dang, that's like bonus episode right there. <laughs> it, well, and they're not stopping with Despicable Me and the Minions and Gru. I and mean, we got a new movie coming out. What here in like oh, a Rise week or of so? Grew. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait. Yeah. So first. yeah, it's. I mean, they yeah they're they're not they're not slowing down on those. So I could totally see all that that coming in. I think that would actually be super exciting. I, I'd be down for it. We only did Minion Mayhem for the first time like two weeks ago. I'd never done it. It's and fun. It's fun. It's a blast. It's just you're gonna smile. I have some qualms with the ride it, system, but other than well, that, yeah. it's just a blast. The pre-show is one of my favorites ever now. Exactly. Outstanding. So I'd I'd be down for all of that.
0: I do love where where Minions Mayhem and where The Simpsons their pre-shows are hilarious. Yeah, they are just so funny <laughs> that I I don't mind the wait as much when you have. An experience like that yep. where they're constantly cracking jokes where it actually is entertaining not just look at this and listen and everything's stressful and you know decepticons are attacking right. blah, 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 you know <laughs> right. incredible hulk there's alarms going off and blah, blah, blah. like no you know i want just like a chill funny interactive cue yeah. that uh it makes me excited about getting on the attraction not stressed out
1: for sure for sure well man this was a blast uh, Brian, thank you for filling in for David. Appreciate for sure. you, man. Your, um, yeah, yeah your idea was, it was fun.
0: Yeah. How was how was your experience, Brian? Did you, uh, you know, did you have a fun time? <laughs> thank you. I mean, seriously, thank you so much because uh, obviously, when uh, when David was unable to participate this month um we we weren't sure what we were going to do and uh, i reached out to you and immediately you were like yes Yes. absolutely so (laughs) sign me up and we are sincerely uh, appreciative for that but i i hope you enjoyed yourself
2: no i did i think it was great you know i listen to the show all the time and you know i'm sitting there thinking oh this is great this is great i kind of wish to be able to like chime in and say things while you guys are talking so this is kind of the opportunity, so it was a it was a blast. Kind of stressful, you know? <laughs> yes. First time being on a podcast, so making sure I'm hitting everything. So started my research last week and just kind of built it up over time, and yeah, it was a good time.
1: Well, you killed Amazing. it, man. Yeah, yep. and, and, and even though you and David are both out of the box with your ideas, you are much more prepared where you started a week ahead of time, <laughs> because David starts about an hour ahead of time. So, appreciate that very much, but um I guess I guess I'll fill in for David now to close us out. And Brian, before we do sign off, um let everyone know where they can find you and where they can follow you on social media.
2: Awesome. Well, I use Instagram mostly, so you can follow me at, at @b oaktree, b o a k t r e e. Um yeah.
1: Uh, Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. Uh, Logan, Brian, seriously, man, this has been an absolute blast. Uh, We love doing this. We love just sitting around and just chatting all things Disney, Universal, theme parks. And you two are definitely experts as far as all that goes. So appreciate you being here. And uh, if you are not already subscribed to Theme Park Shuffle, Hit that subscribe button. We're putting out episodes like this every month. We got a lot of kooky and crazy ideas coming, where we retheme uh, different parks, attractions, lands, restaurants, hotels, all kinds of good stuff. And um, so you definitely want to get in on all that action. And we'd be super appreciative if you could go ahead and leave us a rating and review. Um, as my wife Rhonda says from Main Street Magic, it really does truly help the show grow. So Brian, thank you. Logan, thank you. And until next time, this is Theme Park Shuffle.